Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. The Kidley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, but Kidley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, so here's what's up. I just wrote like, well, I don't even know. I think it was like 2,300 words on the inside linebackers. It's like a, it's like a preview of fall camp, uh, which is actually kind of getting close. Close enough to start like previewing all the different positions. Here's the deal, though. Um, we're going to talk about that on this podcast at some point in the next couple of days, but not today because, uh, I, I just don't have the time to to dig into all of that right now. It's on the way though, starting with the inside linebackers and, uh, we're just going to go through all those positions. Um, yeah, I'm headed to Montana tomorrow. I haven't, I haven't been back to Montana since Thanksgiving, so it's going to be kind of cool to be back up there. Um, not going to lie. I like, I love skiing, but like winter up there is, it, it sucks and it extends through most of June. And so, uh, I kind of time my visits around that point is going up to Montana and going to be doing a bunch of work from up there. Very excited about that. Also means I need to pack and do that sort of thing and not, talk for 90 minutes just about linebackers even though i promise i would much rather do that here's the deal though it's still going to be a fun podcast what we're going to do instead is um well pro football focus put out their rankings of the position groups in the pac-12 so for example like the quarterbacks are ranked 1 to 12 based on the team um with you know whoever first i bet it's Keaton Slovis first so USC first all the way down um and what we're going to do on this podcast is rank those rankings by how stupid they are um because they're pretty stupid um it's going to be uh it'll be a good time i think um i'm excited to get into it and uh, we're going to do that right after I tell you a little bit more about the presenting sponsor of this podcast, the Colorado XOs. So for those of you that don't know, Colorado XOs, their rugby team based in Glendale, Colorado, they share a training facility with the U.S. national team. Um, they're getting athletes to start playing rugby and teaching them um, basically the entire sport with the goal of getting them onto that national team or um, as three players already have in their first season, getting them into Major League Rugby. It's a cool thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, you should uh, follow along with DMVR Rugby on Twitter, the DMVR Rugby podcast, and the written content at thedmvr.com. Okay, so like I said, 
um, we're just going to jump straight into these rankings. I'm not sure how long it's going to take. And to be honest, we're not putting too much thought into it. Um, again, it's it's a ranking of how stupid things are, which means the rankings themselves can be at least a little bit stupid. Um, we're going to pay attention to what's going on with all the different teams at all the different positions and all that. But for the most part, we're comparing Colorado to uh, the teams around them and saying, is this fair? Is this not fair? Here's a hint. Mostly not fair. Um, all right. Let's just go straight into this. Um, why not start at the top with the quarterbacks? So, uh, Colorado comes in 10th out of the 12 teams in the Pac-12 in terms of pro football focuses rankings. Um, actually, before we get into this, I want to say the thing that I always say about pro football focus. I think most of you probably know how I feel about it, but, you know, we're, we're starting to get closer to football season. It's about time to start, you know, doing things like previewing the, the, the different positions and all that kind of stuff. Um, and because of that, this is the time when we get more new listeners. And um, because of that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. So Pro Football Focus, they do a lot of really great things. Um, for example, like they, they count the snaps. They tell you what position people are lined up in. Um, they'll, they'll tell you how accurate a quarterback was to different spots on the field. So like 10 to 20 yards downfield and outside the numbers on the right. What's nice about a stat like that is it's something where any one of us could watch the game and then say, oh, look, here's a passing play. Where did he throw it? Was it behind the line of scrimmage, 0 to 10 yards, 10 to 20 yards, or 20 yards plus? And that's just an objective thing that you can look at and say, there you go. That was the number of yards that that ball went in the air. And then say, was it inside the numbers, outside the numbers? And if it was outside the numbers, then which way? So they have a bunch of stats like that that are, like, objective. And some of them, they, like, they go on this, like, slope to, into some more subjective stuff, like uh, like the cornerback stats, for example. Because sometimes you're in zone coverage, you know, and if you're in zone coverage, then whoever's watching the game is reading what the coverage is themselves and, you know there could be a mistake that's made there um, because it doesn't always look the same. And should somebody be knocked if it wasn't really in their zone, but they have to assign blame to somebody. And so you kind of get into these parts where it isn't quite so objective and you have to keep that in mind. The, the most subjective is just their straight up grades. And so they'll grade every player based on like, you know, if, if you're a defender, let's say you're a linebacker, spend a lot, a lot of time with those numbers today but um you know they'll say like here's the cover grade here's the pass rush grade and here's the here's the run defense grade here's the tackling grade and then there's like an overall defensive grade and again it can be valuable personally i don't put any weight at all into those because those are you know somebody watching the game and saying what they think and grading it and and it's just so subjective that there really isn't that much value. From there, you get into like combining those grades with your own feelings towards the players. And that's what a lot of the written content at Pro Football Focus is. And um, again, if you're into some of those stuff, if you like the grades, feel free to do that. But to me, it's not the kind of thing that I think is super useful to me. Um, and again, you get into these lists and these lists can be... Uh, I mean, it's 
it's somebody at Pro Football Focus putting them together, and you have to keep that in mind that this sort of thing is not like the very data-driven stuff that makes Pro Football Focus really great. Because I do want to say, before we get into this, Pro Football Focus, a lot of what they do is really great, and there's nobody else who replicates it, and that part of it is really cool um, and, and valuable and useful and all that. I'm probably going to say some bad things about Pro Football Focus as well. Just wanted to get all the good things out of the way. So there we go. As we go through these, keep that in mind. Um, and again, into the quarterbacks, where Colorado's 10th, right in front of Stanford at 11, UCLA at 9. Honestly, this one's tough to argue with because 9 is Dorian Thompson-Robinson. You know, 8 is Oregon. And I guess what the, you have a little bit of a question there who that's going to be. I mean, it's definitely a question who it's going to be. But if you look at like the recruiting rankings and that kind of stuff, which when you're when you're trying to guess who's going to be good and you've never seen any of them play, it's kind of what you have to do. Um, they would point toward that and you can't really blame them. You know, Oregon State. You've got, uh, you know, that's that's actually an interesting one at number seven. And that's one that we could really talk about. Um I think that Sam Neuer has a great chance of landing the starting job there. All he has to do is beat out Tristan Gebbia and some of the younger players. Actually, Tristan Gebbia, the, guy, the, the backup quarterback who came in for Gebbia when he got hurt against Oregon last year, and then also a couple of the younger players who uh, are getting a chance to compete for that job too. Um, it's, a, it's a big quarterback competition, but I do think that Sam is probably going to wind up being the guy. And if it's not him, I bet it is Gebbia. Because that competition is so close, and because I think Sam probably left because he didn't think that there was... He, he probably thought that the program was going to move on with one of the younger guys, and if the program's doing that, it's probably because, you know, they think that that's the best path towards success. So having Oregon State in front of Colorado, that one I'm not so sure about. From there, you've got Arizona State at 6 with Jaden Daniels, who I think is the best quarterback in the conference. They do have Keaton Slovis at one or USC at one. And I don't know. I, I do. I, I, I have some beef with these quarterback rankings, particularly Jaden Daniels is Arizona state at six, but Colorado at 10. Again, you can, you can argue, but it isn't like a clear cut. This was absolutely wrong. Uh, and so we can move on. This one we can say, yeah, not a huge fan of it. Um, the running back rankings. So, so think about this. Uh, Jarek Broussard, Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year last year. Preseason, first team all-conference this year from a, a couple of different outlets. We haven't gotten like the official preseason all-Pac-12 list. Safe to say he's going to be first or second team, and I would put my money on first team. Behind him. You have a running back who I think we were all pretty excited to have back last year, but then he got hurt um, in Alex Fontenot, second leading returning rusher last year in the Pac-12. Very excited to be able to stop saying that once this football season gets here. And uh, also, you've got Ashad Clayton behind him. You've got, you've got so many guys there, but the Buffs come in at number nine on this list. Ahead of Utah, Washington, and Cal. I mean, come on. And... I don't know. Like, like you look at USC's at eight, and to me, USC should be higher than eight. They bring in what is his name? I think it's Keontae Ingram, um, the the transfer from 
was he I think he was Texas. Point is he's a he's a really good running back and he's young and a lot of it is projection still at this point. Um and so again, Jarek Broussard's proven though. Um let's start at the top though. Uh Washington State at number one. They've obviously got Max Borgie. He uh I I think that if you were ranking these guys by where you draft them in terms of like the NFL. Yeah. Max Borgie's number one because he's a receiving threat. He uh, he's, he's bigger than Jarek. You don't have so many questions about the durability, but when it comes to just being a productive running back in the PAC 12 next year, I would take Jarek over anybody. Um, and you know, I'd take the depth that Colorado has over just about anybody with the one exception being Arizona state, Comes in at number two. Uh, they've got uh, the, the two-headed monster, White and Trainum, I think is how you pronounce his name. I should probably just pull up some of these lists with all the actual names on them instead of guessing. But yeah, um, Colorado at nine. That's that's a front runner for the the stupidest of these lists. Um, from here, receivers. Uh, again, this is one. I'm not going to argue too much with Colorado at 11. And here's, here's what's frustrating to me about this one. I know that Dimitri Stanley does not get the respect he deserves. And I think we've seen that from pro football focus in particular. Sometimes like all the, all the list people and the ranking, the people, people, they all, they all kind of run together. And you just remember things like, yeah, Dimitri Stanley always listed way too low on these things. And I do think that Dimitri Stanley alone should be able to get them up. You know, Oregon State's at nine. I, I can't think of a receiver off the top of my head, and that's kind of the tough part about doing this is I don't, I don't know a lot about you know the, the, all the the starting receivers on some of the bad teams in terms of their receivers. But yeah, I mean, Colorado should be down toward the bottom of the list because even though they do have a proven commodity in Dimitri Stanley. Again, you're you're projecting when it comes to Brendan Rice and Levante Chenault. And those are absolutely guys that like I would be willing to to bet on, but it is still, you know, you, you have to see them go out there and prove it. And it makes sense because they are unproven compared to some of these other teams. Second to last though. Yeah. The yeah, I don't know about that. Um from there, uh, we've got the offensive line rankings. Um, here's what they say. Uh, Colorado has the worst offensive line in the Pac-12. I don't understand that. Again, like if you wanted to make an argument for them being toward the bottom, I would listen to the argument. I wouldn't agree. I think that you put them middle of the pack, and I think that it's pretty easy. Uh, you could absolutely make an argument that they're right up there with the top three or so, top four. Because um, here's the deal. I mean, we, we've talked about this stuff before. Colorado did lose its best offensive lineman. And yeah, obviously that's Will Sherman who went to the Patriots. He was what? Uh, what round was he drafted? That was a while ago now. Point is, going to the Patriots, he was he was late. It was like the sixth round or something. But um, that's a big loss. 
And, you know, they returned four starters at the same time. After the COVID year, you're seeing you're seeing more teams return more of their starters because anybody who doesn't think, like, I should be going to the NFL right now might as well just stick around, even if they're a senior before because they still get to play one more year. And because of that, they return four starters on the offensive line has literally never meant less in the history of college football. It does still mean something, though, because some teams did lose more. And when you look at what this offensive line did last year, you know, um, in the running game, I was actually kind of surprised when I went back and looked. Uh, 4.6 yards per carry for CU. And that puts them at, I think, sixth in in the Pac-12 last year. I think it's important to factor in that the, the quarterback runs are probably included in that. And quarterback runs mean sacks. And I guess they were also third least sacks. So I guess that doesn't explain it either. Point is, they were, they were sixth in terms of rushing efficiency while also running the second most in the Pac-12. And I think that that's kind of the most important distinction here when you look at sixth in yards per carry over the course of the season. Um, the reason is, of course, because if you run the ball more, then teams know you run the ball more, and they sit on the run more. And it means that if they're sitting on the run, each run you expect to go just a tiny bit less far. Um, and so, you know, if, if they had a, a passing game that for whatever reason they wanted to use more, whether it's because it's a better passing game, not that I thought that was that bad last year it's the reason they ran so much is because the running game was really good but if it did if it did match up with what they did in the running game and you were a little bit more balanced then you would probably see teams you know sit back a little bit more and that's how you get 4.6 to 4.9 let's say and then you jump a few people and you're up there the point is sixth in rushing efficiency third in fewest sacks allowed and returning four starters. That just doesn't add up to number 12 to me. Um, and I don't think it does to anybody else. And to me, that's the stupidest one. Again, are there question marks? Of course. You also look at the transfer portal with the addition of, uh, let's see, uh, Max Ray, first of all, is the, uh, the, uh, the tackle from Ohio State who... I think has a real chance of filling in for Will Sherman this year, whether it is at left tackle or whether they still flip Frank Phillip to, to from right tackle to left tackle and then slide Ray in at right tackle. Um, and then from there, oh, I'm, I'm, I always, I'm still mixing up these names. You know, it's we're still early. Is Noah Fenske, is he the defensive? No, because Blaine Toll's the defensive lineman, so it is Noah Fenske, the transfer from Iowa, the guard, who I think also could – push for a starting job this year as well. I don't think that he's going to get one. Um, we'll get into that later. The point is, you have more talent coming in. You have four returning starters, and we've been through this all, and they shouldn't be number 12. Um, in case anybody cares, Washington 1, Washington State 2. Washington State 2 surprises me. And again, I'm not super in tune with Washington State's offensive line. This surprises me. Um... Should we take a quick break? Honestly, I need a break because uh, this is this is frustrating. Again, I, I 
I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out. But just seeing all these rankings, you know, some of them make sense. What do we go through? Quarterback, you can't complain too much. I think I would have put him a, a spot or two higher. At the same time, I recognize that I cover the program and talk to all these people and hear every day. I mean, maybe not every day, but during the season every day from coaches about how well things are going and how excited they are for the future. And when you hear all that positive stuff, it does create just a little bit of bias. And the fact that I put them one or two spots higher up might be just canceled out by the fact that there's a little bit of bias that is probably worth about one or two spots. When it comes to some of that other stuff, though, like the running backs, I just, I, I, that's indefensible. It's, I don't understand. The offensive line, again, indefensible. If you wanted to make an argument for like ninth, then that's at least defensible. Tenth, sure. Maybe, maybe. But. All the way down there. It's I just I don't get it. Um, real quick though, let's take this break. Breckenridge Brewery is uh one of our favorite partners. I I was out to a golf tournament yesterday. Uh, me and RK and Eric, who you know is D Lineco and Blaze, who you might not know, but he's one of our hockey guys who does a bunch of other stuffs and stuff, including being the other half of D Lineco. Um we had a really good time, and, you know, I don't drink when I golf, typically. I mean, I'll have, like, one drink, or maybe, like, a drink to start and a drink on the second nine, um, but to me, any more than that, it's just, like, it makes me worse at golf, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to pay to go golf and then be bad at golf, and I don't judge people who feel differently, because, like, I get that it, it's fun and all that, but... To me, like, I I'm trying to get that handicap down, and I'm really focused. I want every round to have a chance to be the best round because I don't drink that much. Well, yesterday, um, the cart came loaded with a bunch of stuff, including four Breckenridge beers, um, two for each people in the cart. And it just goes to show that everybody realizes that Breckenridge Brewery is the best way to, like, improve any summer day. Whether it's the golf course, whether it's the beach, they have the beers, they have the seltzers. All of them are so good. Um, I've told you all my recommendations before. It starts with the Strawberry Sky. That's the big one. Um, but seriously, you can't go wrong. You can find them at just about any grocery store, or liquor store, or uh, like convenience stores or whatever. But if there's something in particular you want to try, like the Strawberry Sky, you can go to breckbrew.com and use the beer locator. The way it works is like you just click on the product you want. So say like Strawberry Sky, put in your zip code, and it'll just like pop up with a map with all the different little marks on the map saying here's where you can get it right now. Uh, it's a really cool thing that they did, and uh, you should definitely use that. And remember that 1% of all of the profits that Breckenridge Brewery receives this summer will go to the National Parks Conservation Association. Uh, we love the outdoors on this podcast and uh we love giving money to the outdoors and so why not just one more reason to roll with breckenridge brewery also uh real quick want to talk about our friends over at DraftKings. um DraftKings has the same promotion going that they've had going in, you know, I mean, it's been 
about a month probably that they've been running this one, but it makes sense because it's a good one. Here's how it works. If you are a new user, all you have to do is obviously like download the app and all that stuff. Put $1 on any basketball team to win its next game. And I guess at this point, there's only four teams left. Um, and by the time you listen to this, it might be three. But if you do that and you're right about the team that wins that game, you will win $100 in site credits. Basically, what that means is you just deposit a dollar and then again, like it just turns into a hundred dollars in free bets, which is an incredible deal um, and a great way to start that DraftKings account off. And from there, you figure it out you know, how much you want to bet. Are you, are you just going to bet a dollar on everything? And because you now have that hundred dollars in your account, you can lose a hundred bets in a row. And then break even. Well, I guess ninety nine because you put that first dollar in. But uh, or you could be a person who's like ten dollars or fifteen or maybe maybe you're like you you you're rich and you have like hundreds of dollars that you want to throw around. Whatever. And that's what's so fun is you get to really pick what you want to do. You know whether it's like just making smart responsible bets. Whether you want to put together parlays that you know you want to make a hundred parlays. They all cost a dollar. And if you hit one of them, you make five grand that's not a bad way to use the bonus either. Um, so many awesome options. You can bet on just about anything. There's soccer going on. There's still some basketball going on, some hockey going on, all that stuff. So make sure that you download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code DMVR for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 25 or older. Colorado only. Uh, new customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, we're going to run through just a couple more of these. I mean, not a couple. It's all of the defensive positions, which there really aren't that many more of. Um, that many of. There's like four or five. I wonder how they broke these up, actually. I cannot remember. But, uh, yeah, so starting with the defensive line. Um, You know, this is actually an interesting one. And... Colorado comes in fourth, which is fair. And again, it's honestly maybe a little bit high. Like I like I like Colorado's defensive line. Um, Terrence Lang is kind of the stud up there now. In terms of stud defensive linemen, he is not nearly as proven as some of the guys on some of the other teams. Now. I do think that he's going to take another step. And and what he does now, obviously, like, you're happy with. But without Mustafa Johnson, with him kind of going from that number two guy to number one guy role, you want more. You know, you don't need him to be a sack per game type of guy. But if if he could pull out eight, nine sacks this year, that's really what you're, you would really like to see out of your number one top defensive lineman. From there, you've got Jalen Sami, who has a bunch of experience. He does what he does well, you know, clogging up the middle, making things tough up there. Um, again, could he spend more time in the backfield? Honestly, I'm not sure, just because of, like, his build. He is a big guy. He does. He has really quick feet, um, but 
it's hard to be super explosive when you're a nose tackle. Um, if he adds that, then all of a sudden he's a special player. And from there, you know, there's a bunch of guys who we've seen, you know, Niam Rodman's exciting, played well. There's more for him to prove for sure, though. Um, and, and that's true of all the guys behind him on the death chart as well. So to be honest, like number four being Colorado, I wonder, let's see, how did they break this up? So defensive line, secondary, um, defensive line, secondary, where did this go? Uh, where's linebackers? Am I crazy? Okay, I paused, I checked. Linebacker wasn't on there, which again just confuses me. Um, I'm going to try one more thing, I guess. But uh, I wonder if defensive line included outside linebackers, which would be a weird thing to do. But, I mean, they call them, like, edge rushers. And because they call them edge rushers, you could include Carson Wells. In which case, they would be underrated. In terms of linebackers, though, you would think that Colorado would be number one. Um, but I'm not showing that. Because I'm, I'm using, like, West Coast College Football tweeted this out. I actually couldn't find these rankings for myself, which is a weird thing. But, you know. Um, the point is, defensive line's there. We can hit the secondary, I guess. It's weird that the linebackers aren't on here. They forget to... I might just DM this guy. But, um... Yeah, secondary rankings, Colorado comes in number five. I think that's fair. I think that that's fair. Um, I think the the hole at free safety is something you look at as a potential concern. Um, it's it's not like a big concern. And honestly, it's not a concern at all right now. It's a concern if Chris Miller can't stay healthy or if Mark Perry doesn't take just one more step. You know, and just – and it's – what Mark Perry needs to do is it's just like a feel for the game thing. He just needs to play more, honestly, is my thought. It's kind of like, you know, you watch Christian Gonzalez last year, and there were points where you watch him, and you're like, oh, my goodness, that's going to be a lockdown number one corner in the NFL. Look at this man. And there are points when you look at him, and it's like, what are you doing? You're flailing. The ball flew 10 yards past the receiver, and you just dove into his stomach for no reason other than that you were a little bit panicked. And to be fair to him, like a lot of that happened more so in the start of the season than the end of the season. But he had the opportunity to kind of play through some of that. And Mark Perry has had some of that opportunity, but not as much playing time as Christian Gonzalez had. And I wonder how much of it is just like a field that has to be developed on the actual football field versus in practice. Now, if you don't play one practice, you're not going to get on the field. And that's kind of like the catch 22. But I, I'm not like worried about Mark Perry. And I've realized in the past, I've said things like, you know, he does need to take a step. He wasn't good enough before. And you know, the, the same is true of Christian Gonzalez. Same is true of a lot of these guys. Um, but I do think that a lot of it is just, if you want Mark Perry to be your starting free safety, you know, he's, he's the speedy guy, the rangy guy at the back end of the defense. Sure, he'll come up and you do a bunch of different things. But a lot of what he's going to do is just playing the deep middle of the field, reading the quarterback's eyes, reading the way that the routes are developing in front of him, understanding like if one of his corners getting beat and trying to go and compensate for that. You know, those sorts of things that 
it isn't as simple as, you know, playing wide receiver where, again, there's a bunch of intricacies and skills that you have to develop with the releases and the footwork and quickening all that stuff up. But at the end of the day, a lot of it is, okay, you're running a dig route. That means you run 10 yards downfield, 12 yards downfield, and break toward the middle of the field, just straight in. And it's a pretty simple responsibility to have. Whereas playing something like free safety, and even cornerback too, there's a lot more reading the situation around you, understanding what's happening, what the offense is doing, what the offense is trying to do, and then not letting them do that. And getting that processing speed up is what Mark Perry needs to do. Um, the point is, uh, the, the ranking said, uh, what, Colorado secondary sixth? You know, I, I think Makai Blackman is, or no, fifth, sorry. Uh, yeah, again, that, that is fair. I think that is the Makai Blackman bump from sixth to fifth. Um, especially because, you know, you're still... Christian Gonzalez needs to prove that he is, you know, a consistent player. Cornerback's about consistency. You know, we talk about this with offensive linemen all the time where, you know, nobody cares about the good blocks you had because they don't really show up. What people care about are the blocks you miss, and that's when you get noticed. You just don't want to get noticed if you're an offensive lineman. There's some of that at corner, too, um, where, you know, the best corners, you know, the champ Baileys, you don't even hear from them all game because they're just out there locking down whoever they're on. Quarterback's not throwing that way. Um, again, some things change. Sometimes you go zone and somebody tries to fit it in tight and you're able to bait them and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for the most part, it's just getting rid of the mistakes for Christian Gonzalez too. And I think I'm, I feel good about his ability to do that going forward. And I think that there's a good chance that he does that this season and you know, by the middle of the season, we're saying, okay, this, this guy's turned a corner. He's ready to be a true number one, put him on the big receiver, put Makai on the smaller receiver. And that's how we're going to decide who covers you. And I guess that isn't really their style. Makai was just like what he was the left side cornerback and Christian was, yeah, Christian was the right side quarter cornerback. So I guess, I, I wonder if they'll change that up though. Because what I would have done last year is just put Makai on their number one, put Christian on their number two, and had a mirror. But I guess when you're so much of what you do is zone, and it's it's what I still I I, I want to say it's a complicated scheme. But Tyson Summers hated that so much when I said that to him that I try to avoid that word. But that's kind of what it is. It was pretty complex. Um, and when that's the case, maybe you do want to keep him on one side of the field. Um, but yeah, so there's a a run through of those rankings. Again, the linebackers aren't here. Um, let's just see if I, I'm just going to search linebacker group rankings and just make sure it doesn't pop up before we get out of here. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm heading back to Montana tomorrow. Not really sure what the plans for that podcast. Here's the, here are the options. Um, I either wake up super early cause I'm leaving for the airport at eight and do it beforehand or once I'm there, I'm able to get away from my mother and record a podcast, which takes, you know, being away from your mother for 45 minutes. And it's, that might be a stretch. We'll, we'll get it figured out. I'll see you guys. Um, I'll, I'll find a way to get it up tomorrow. I'll find a way to get it up tomorrow. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. 
And uh, who knows, maybe tomorrow will be the day we really dig into uh, this linebacker preview. It also may not be, but I also don't want to get too far behind on those because it turns out that is no fun at all. Um, so, yeah, there we go. There's the plan, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.